One of the coolest ways to learn how to sell is to either go on a ride along or ride with somebody who knows how to close deals. They can show you what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and you can learn new sales strategies and techniques that you've never seen before. The key is you have to be willing to follow the rules. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California. Today, today's a fantastic day. What we're going to go over today is uh, ride-alongs for salespeople. And at some point, either A, you are going to ride along with a trainer, or B, someone's going to ride along with you. And I've done this so much, and I've been with so many salespeople, that I want to give you the ins and the outs. And the best way for me to explain this is, let's say that you're going to come ride with me, and you're going to be doing the ride-along. And what you could do is you can reverse engineer this if someone's going to come ride with you, but you need to understand that there has to be a series of rules up front and there's good reason for it. And your list may be a little bit different than mine. Uh, I don't know what industry specifically that you work in. So I'm going to give you the, the industries that I've worked in and the things that I've seen that work out the best. So sometimes I'm the guy doing the sales and sometimes I'm co-pilot, which just means I'm watching the sales process go back and forth. Now, if I'm doing the sales, this conversation happens. If I'm the one doing the ride-along, I still explain all these rules. Like, look, uh, let's say that you're going to come ride with me. Here are the rules all up front. And I want to be very clear with what's going on. And this means that if you can't agree to this series of rules, this ride-along doesn't happen. One of the things that happens is companies hire me to work with their salespeople for three days. I could either be co-pilot or I could be the person selling depending upon the industry that, that it is and what's going on. So let's say that I'm hired out to go work with a heating air conditioning technician. That means the company gets me a uniform with my name on it. That means that I take my tools and I either drive to their location or I jump on an airplane and I run the sales calls. I run the, the presentation. I run the performance. I will see this, this weird thing happen with uh, salespeople. And it doesn't matter the industry. This is what happens is somebody gets their feelings hurt. Somebody gets offended. Somebody lets their ego get bruised that they're getting work, that they're getting help. And instead of saying, yay, me, company paid a sum of money for someone to come work with me or train me to see what's going on to fix, fix me and make me better, I'm going to start pointing out all the reasons why I'm right. I have to put this person in check from the very beginning. Like, hey, look. Company A, B, C, D, whatever the name is, hired me to come fix your problems. You need to make a decision. Either you're on board with that or you're not. I got three days to work with you to make you better. And if you don't want those three days, they have somebody else lined up for me to work with. That's a contingency plan. The contingency plan when I go out to a company all the time is like, look, I don't know what's going to happen. Is the person going to show up sick? Are they going to get fired between now and then? Are they going to do something dumb? Or is their ego going to get bruised where they're just not accepting some help? So there's always the plan B. There's always somebody else to work with. If you are riding with me, I'm running the call. It's my call. It's my show. It's my sales call. It's my performance. This means that 
I do all the work, you watch, you pay attention, you take notes. That just means watch and listen. Very light interaction with the buyer, with the client, whoever I happen to be meeting with, this is the way that it is. And agree to it or disagree with it. If you agree to it, great. If you disagree with it, I'll just get the other person to come ride with me. For what you need to know is I'm very personable. Who I am in my presentations is the same person I am on the How to Sell show. It's the same person I am on the YouTube channel. The way that I'm talking right now is the same exact way that I talk with people. But I will let you know, I tell the same stories over and over again. I tell the same jokes. And that's because I know where the tension points are. I know where the, jo- the, where, where the laugh needs to happen in the joke. I know where I'm at with a buyer based upon this information. And I don't know how many times that I've told the same story about my cat, my salmon recipe, a trip to Hawaii, an incident on an airplane flight. There's a reason for it. And look, here's the thing. On the third day, I will go over all this information with you and I'll show you what I'm doing. And we're going to build this information out for yourself. And then on some coaching phone calls, we'll make sure that you're on board. But what you're not going to do is you're not going to think that you're going to tell some jokes, tell some stories or get engaged. I flew out of state to go work with a technician one time for heating and air. The company was like, hey, Scott, we really like this guy. He's personable. We need to see if he can be salvaged. And I said, okay, put me on the calendar. I'll fly out. So load up the tools, get to their place. They give me the uniform, put the uniform on. And I get in the vehicle with this guy and he's very personable, but tons of nervous energy. So I set the ground was up front. Look, no stories. You let me run the call. Whatever happens, you get paid for the sales you know, you're just here to learn. You're here to watch. So the first call goes, okay. Second call, he starts interacting with clients and starts interacting with buyers and have to bring him back to the van and go, Hey, look, no, knock it off. Like you need to let me do my job. This is what I'm here for. Third call goes completely off the rails. We go to this call. We're doing work at the house. We're there for two hours. We're going back and forth. We're having conversations. We're at the table. We, we are at the one yard line of the, of the football game. We are about to set a lead for someone to come sell a new heating and air system. The wife comes home, dog comes in, and the technician gets all excited. I look at him and I give him that look like, if you open your mouth, I'm going to throw you out the window. I give him the look. And he just gets this big smile on his face. And he's like, you got dogs? I got a dog too. I, I had a dog. And I'm like, okay, we're still good. Nothing wrong here. So the buyer, the homeowner takes the bait like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, do you, what do you mean you had a dog? So stupid technician goes off the rails. Yeah, I had a Staffshire Terrier, AKA a pit bull. And so the guy goes, oh, cool. My son has a pit bull. I'm like, because it could go either way. Some people are very, they have very bad reactions about pit bulls. And some people, they just don't care. Me, I love dogs. Right? I'm a dog guy. Pit bulls, cool. No problem. So we are good. We're good. But the technician could not stop talking. So here's what he does. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I had a Staffshire Terrier uh, until there was an incident. And I'm like, please, no, please, no, stop, 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 stop. My brain is screaming, stop. The buyer now all of a sudden gets engaged. Well, what do you mean? What happened? And he goes, well, he got loose and he got outside and he attacked the neighbor's kid. And I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Because this guy just could not keep his mouth shut. Yeah, and uh, I got in a fist fight with the the dad. And uh, the dog ended up causing a tear to the kid's leg. And he had to get 185 stitches. And it tore a tendon. And like, he just does not stop. The story keeps going. Just like, we're like, really? It can get worse? Oh, yeah, it can get worse. 
And like all of a sudden, you could feel the air get sucked out of the room. This is the point in time where the deal got lost. So yeah, we had to go to court. It went back and forth. The kid had to have corrective surgery. He had like seven or eight surgeries. The kid keeps going. Hey, uh, we ended up going to court and they, they had to put the dog down. And it made me cry and it made me sad and I was upset. Call's over. Call's done. We do paperwork. We get in the vehicle and I'm fuming mad. Fuming mad. This was a done deal. Like I was on the one yard line ready to take this thing into to touchdown zone. And this guy, just because he could not stop talking. So I look at him and go, what was that? What are you thinking? What 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 was the rule about no stories? He's like, it's not that bad. I just felt like I had a good connection with that guy. I go, do you not realize? Do you not see that you lost that deal? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. The guy was fine with me. This guy could not calibrate. He could not see that his story about his dog that attacked the neighbor killed the deal. So this is why I'm going to tell you no stories. One of the things that will happen is uh, right along sometimes is the saving grace for a buyer. So this will happen, especially with a salesperson who likes to use pressure or silence. And what will happen is the buyer will look at the salesperson who's doing the ride along and ask them, start asking questions. I was out in a neighborhood in Sacramento that they have that's a gated community where there's no fences, but it's up in the mountains. And so there's deer, there's peacocks, there's like all sorts of wildlife. And we're sitting at the table and it was in the very early of my stages on a ride along where a guy is with me and the homeowner looks out the window and goes like, oh, look, deer. And the technician was with me was smart enough to not talk. And so every time that there was pressure, this buyer would try, this homeowner would try to get the technician that was with me to start talking and have a conversation and start, hey, like I need to get this pressure off of the sales process. And I was able to reel the guy back in. All right, look, I see it. There's a deer out there. It's beautiful, but we got to talk about this. And then the guy would be like, oh, there's two deer. We had to keep reeling this guy back in. But be aware that sometimes when you're in the ride along, that that buyer looks at you and like, oh, I get to find somebody to take all this pressure off of me. So like that's where the silence rules comes in. So let's say that the call is over and let's say it was successful. The first thing that I like to do is I like to ask questions. What did you see? Tell me about what you saw. Tell me about the call. Tell me from start to finish what you recognized. And that's where the debrief is going to be like, now I understand what kind of salesperson you are. Now I understand what kind of help you need. Now I understand how much you are paying attention and I'll start asking questions because if I start teaching from the very beginning and saying, hey, here's all the things that I did and here's all the reason that I did them, you may not have seen that thing. I mean, you may just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, one of the things that I've recognized in a sales class is when somebody wants to tell me a story, I don't ask him, did you do A, B, and C? I'll ask him, tell me what you did. Give me, give me like one through 10. What did you do? How did you make it happen? Because I found that if I say, did you do A, B, and C? They'll always say yes. If I say, tell me what you did, then I can really figure out what's going on. And there's a point to, to take notes. There's a point where like, here's what to expect for the next three days. Here's what you're going to see. Here's what we're going to do for coaching calls based upon the, the information that you give me. Or here's what we're going to do based upon the information that you didn't see. One last note. You are going to have a coach, a trainer, or somebody ride with you 
that's going to have a different view of your sales presentation. They got to see the match. They got to see the ping pong match between you and your buyer or you and your client. And they may see things that you didn't. So they may come back and say, hey, I got a couple of recommendations or I saw things that were troubling. You have to take that information to heart. You know, they're, they're doing their job. They're saying, hey, here's the concerns that I have. Here's the problems that I have. Here's where I see you could be fixed. And I see a lot of times where salespeople cannot let this go. Their ego gets in the way. They struggle with it. They take it as bad. That's the point of having a ride along. It's like, what is it going to take to make me 5% better, 10% better, 20% better, 50% better at what I do? It's the coaching, it's the training, and sometimes it hurts your feelings. Those are the things that you got to get over. You got to get over the hurt feelings. You got to get over the boo-boos. You got to get over the bruises, the scrapes. And these are the things that are going to make the difference between somebody who closes deals and somebody who's average. Be willing to take coaching. Be willing to take direction and say, hey, look, I don't know everything. I'm happy for your input. I'm glad that you told me. And there is one weird thing that happens. There's times where I've ridden with salespeople and I've given them coaching and training and then I'll do a follow-up phone call with them or a follow-up video session. I'm like, okay, so what did you put to use? And they say nothing. And I'm, I'm just, hey, you know, you spent time, energy, and effort. Somebody put the money out on the line to get this taken care of and you haven't done anything with it. Why not? No, I'm doing okay. So you're going to have to fight past that feeling of being okay and doing okay so that you can get to the next step. One of the coolest things that you can have happen is somebody to ride along with you and ride co-pilot and see what's going on. One cool thing that could happen is you could ride with somebody and they can show you what they're up to. But if you're looking at it as a party and you're looking at it as fun and you're not looking at it as serious, it's going to be a problem for you. Somebody has to pay for that. It's not inexpensive to get a salesperson to come ride with you. It's not inexpensive to get a trainer to come ride with you. It's not expensive to get a coach to come ride with you. Either way, like, you know, to, to fly out for three days, a hotel for three days, plus fees and accommodations, uh, food and whatnot, it is not cheap. So like you got to look at it as an investment. And if a company's investing for you, you got a good company that works for you. If you're making that investment for yourself, you got to make sure that you're getting the most of it. If you get the chance to have a ride along with you or you get to ride along with somebody else, do what you can to take notes and learn the most from it so you can close more deals. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.